think my favorite conversation is the one where someone comes and they just don't really know about abortion. And you use the human rights argument, um, just asking them if they believe in human rights and showing them what's happening to a little human being on, on the picture that you're showing and their eyes just opening. They're like, wow, I didn't know. And this is totally wrong. Hello everyone and welcome back to Humans of the Pro-Life Movement, a series and an initiative of the Pro-Life Guys podcast. On this series, one of the things we want to do is highlight some of the great work that pro-life activists are doing all over the place, defending and protecting pre-born children. We often hear stories in the news about pro-abortion activism, about the the pro-abortion movement and their successes, and we rarely hear our own stories, our own stories of pro-life successes of the activists on the streets, hear the uh, of the unsung heroes who are defending the marginalized and vulnerable pre-born children. And so what we want to do on Humans of the Pro-Life Movement is have conversations with some of those people who are on the streets. Uh, some, some of them are working full-time, some part-time, some as on a volunteer basis, but doing what they can to bring the reality of the abortion, of abortion to the people of their hometowns, their cities, and their nation. My name is Peter. I'm the host of the show today, and I am joined by a friend of mine. Uh, we have worked together in the past through a number of projects with the Canadian Centre for Bioethical Reform. Her name is Ellie Barch out of London, Ontario. Ellie, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Yeah, my pleasure. Can we start by sharing a little bit about who you are? What makes Ellie Vogel, Ellie Vogel? Yeah, Ellie Barch now. That's, That's right. You that just got married. <laughs> My yeah. bad. I apologize for that. That's okay. It's not officially changed yet. So they're technically both correct. Um, yeah, so I guess that's one thing. I got married this fall, which um, was obviously a big change in my life. Moved permanently to London. Um, I'm originally from a really big family. Um, now just me and my husband here in London. And we're expecting our first baby due in June. So that's really exciting. Um, I'm doing studies at Western, so I graduated my bachelor's for piano performance last year, and now I'm in my first year master's. So I'll have one more year of that, and then I'll be finished my master's. Um, and my husband is working right now. He'll be going back to school next year. Um, and that's basically, yeah, what we're up to right now. Yeah, that's exciting. Uh, congratulations on the little baby. Do you know or are you sharing whether he's a boy or she's a girl or have you not figured it out yet? Um, we just recently found out like last week. Uh, we haven't shared yet. We may, but right. not yet. And it's uh, humans of the pro-life movement won't be the first time you're sharing it. I- I'm going to take it. That is that is yeah. totally okay. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's totally okay. So, Ellie, you've been in the pro-life movement for quite some time now. Could you share with us... Why did you think it was important for you to join the pro-life movement, for you to be active fighting abortion? Yeah, Um, that's actually probably a 
very easy question. Um, I've always been very passionately pro-life since I was really little. Our family has always been involved in like the, the life chain that happens every year with the churches. And I would always try to go to the March for Life every year if I possibly could, even though it was like a long trip and everything, because I knew that babies were dying. Um, and every time I did something like that, I would be so upset that there was nothing I could do about it because abortion was something that was just happening and I, I didn't know how to change that. So um, I would always, whether or not I had like a big event happening around the March for Life or anything, I was like, that's the one thing I got to do because I got to go because, you know, it's something I can do for the babies. Um, so then when I went to university, I got connected with the pro-life club in my second year. And that was where I first started to hear about CCBR's methods of conversation and activism. And this was so exciting for me because I thought there was nothing I could do. And I was hearing um, from our president all of these amazing ways that I could just easily talk to people about abortion. And I was like, what? This is so cool. Like, why have I not known about this before? So, um, yeah, they're like, if you want to get involved, if you want to do this, please come out. Like, you don't have to have experience. You just can come and shadow us, listen to us. So my first time doing activism was like later that week because I was like, okay, I'm coming. Um, and I was just listening to conversations and I was like, wow, this is actually so simple. And this is something that I can do. And I just got so excited. And after that, I rarely missed an opportunity to do it because I just was so excited that there was something that I personally could do about the babies that were dying and it was working. So, Yeah, that's amazing. And that's one of the things we hear often is that people want to get involved and then they're so excited that they find an apologetic method. They find some strategy that actually works, right? It's not that you're going on the streets time and again and not being able to change anyone's mind, but you're actually seeing real change, which is really, really cool. Okay, so so you got inspired. Um, your family's been doing this, which is absolutely great. And this is not something you're introduced to later on. You get involved when you're in university. And then you became an intern with CCBR. You, uh, you joined us for the internship, which was really great. It's one of the things that's close to my heart because I've been part of internships since 2015. And uh, I, I just love the internship we have here at CCBR. Could you tell us why you decided to take the four months, join the internship, and, and share with us a little bit about the internship itself? Sure. So I first learned about the internship through this club since um, some of the people who are participating in the club um, had done it before. So actually, the first thing they told me about was the Abortion Awareness Project, which we've talked about on this show before, um, which happened in February during my reading week. So that was the first thing I signed up for with a friend. Um, and it was so amazing, so eye opening. And I just really got like a whole week's worth of full time activism, what that looks like. Um, what it was like to be with other people who were doing the same stuff like the whole week and just the bond you feel after just a week and um, just your eyes really opening to what happens in abortion just because you're thinking about it all the time. I remember at the end of that week, um, one of the leaders did a talk about really, again, just reinforcing what happens in abortion. She had a pair of forceps. And I remember that hitting me so hard and, and bawling in the room when she was showing the instrument that had actually killed and ripped apart little babies. And after that, I, on the drive home from Florida, there's lots of conversation about the internship and who should apply and stuff. And I wanted to, I, I really wanted to, but I, I had already signed up for a summer job. And um, so for the next couple weeks, I think the deadline was like in the next two weeks or something. So I didn't have much time to decide. 
And I struggle so much. I remember crying on the phone to my mom. I was like, I don't know what to do. I remember finally calling my boss, asking her if she'd be able to let me off because I had already committed to this. And she graciously said that that would be okay if that was what I decided. Because in the end, I had my interview with CCBR after I applied. And I told them that if they needed me, like if, if I wasn't going to come and that would be one less person on the team, then I, w- I would come. But if there was someone else who could take my spot, then you should give it to them. Um, and ended up being that there, there, if I wasn't there, then that would be one less person. I was like, well, that, that many, that's many less babies who are going to be saved this summer um, through the activism that I could do. So that's, in the end, how I decided to go. And I was so glad I did because it was the best summer of my life, like most interns say. Um, basically, very similar to what happened at the Abortion Awareness Project is just full-time activism and then also training one day a week. So just um, the most amazing thing about the internship, I think, is just that I had been doing I, what I wanted to be doing for my whole life that I, I didn't think I could do anything abort- about abortion. And then this whole summer I got to spend full time doing something about it. Something that was, that was effective where we were examining statistics of how many people are changing their minds based on what we're doing. Um, you're hearing from people like having little conversations with people saying, Oh wow, like you totally opened my eyes or people saying, Oh, I got to show my friend this. She's like thinking about abortion or whatever. And, and it's just, that was just so so amazing. That's probably the best thing with the internship. Um, other than maybe just the friendships you make. It's just, you get so close with the people. And it was just, yeah, just an incredible time. And I'm so glad that I ended up doing it. That's good. You're you're making me want to do the internship all over again. And now I'm really sad because we don't even know what 2021 is going to hold and whether we're going to have an internship or what it's going to look like. Um and, and that really strikes, you said a lot of interns say this is the best summer of their lives. They also say it was the hardest summer of their lives. You know, the, the two together, hardest summer because the the amount of activism, the uh, you know amount of spiritual warfare, as it were, being on the streets, being bombarded with a pro-abortion worldview, being challenged day in and day out. The, the, the toll is there. And yet the best summer because, the, like you said, the conversations you're able to have, the minds that are changed, the community that you're able to build build could you share with us a few of the conversations or, or maybe one of the conversations that 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 uh sticks in your mind as one of the best conversations that you've had um so for me i think my favorite conversations are ones that i've had over and over and over again i i, I lots of people have like their favorite conversation because it was really like moving or and, and there are those too but i think my favorite conversation is one where Someone comes and they just don't really know about abortion. And you use the human rights argument, um, just asking them if they believe in human rights and showing them what's happening to a little human being on, on the picture that you're showing and their eyes just opening. They're like, wow, I didn't know. And this is totally wrong. And that happens so much. Those are my like my favorite conversations, I think, because, um, yeah, it's, it's so easy in a way. And, and before I thought there was nothing that I could do. But this is so easy. It's literally sometimes a five minute conversation. And I had those almost every day. Um, there are other really, really cool conversations too. Like I got to talk to a girl at a high school who told me about her past abortion experience. Um, and that was like quite moving because 
yeah, she hadn't wanted to have an abortion and she ended up having it. And the pictures that we were showing were really sad. And she told us that maybe there are other girls there that wouldn't, would choose not to have an abortion because we were there because she knew that would be the case if we had been there earlier for her. So those, that story really sticks out, but really my favorite, I think are just the ones where you just have a five minute conversation and they're totally turn around. Um, just because it's so simple and it's just <laughs> it blows my mind that people think that they couldn't do this because it, it they can yeah and i think one of the important things to highlight there is we often think that people are either pro-abortion set in their ways not going to change they've thought it through or pro-life completely they're not going to change their mind and having conversations about this topic is completely futile and yet the experience on the streets, as you're saying, is totally different. A lot of people actually haven't thought about abortion. Like they support abortion because it's the thing to do. It's what they're taught in school. People talk about it. No one in their life challenges it. Uh, it's the status quo. And it's it's one of those things that they don't really need to think about. And then you come up and you provide some, uh, you show them images of what abortion does. And you just give some really simple apologetics and, and some really simple um, arguments for why abortion is actually a human rights violation, right? That um, we are the same human being that we are after birth as we were before birth, just different in age and level of development and a bunch of other things like that. But our humanity is the same and, and that abortion is a human rights violation. And uh, and that's that's awesome. And the fact that you mentioned that this is something that happens happened to you almost every time you went out is amazing. And again, people don't think uh, it's possible to change others' minds on abortion. And here you are saying that almost every single time you went out, you had fruitful conversations where people changed their mind. That is that is really cool. And and it's 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 you said it. It's it's for you, and it's for many other people that I've talked to as well. It's the reason they go out. I mean, they know that they're going to change people's minds, and change is going to happen because they took an hour out of their day to do something, or or took a summer off to do an internship, or anything like that. Um, now, when you have conversations, though, you know, there's also hard conversations and difficult conversations. Could you could you share with us one of the difficult moments you've had or one of the difficult, most difficult conversations you've had during your time doing anti-abortion outreach? Sure. Um, probably for me, the most difficult, and I think for a lot of people, is the same case as um, talking to people who um, admit that they've had abortions or who you decipher somehow through the conversation that they have, even if they don't tell you. Um, I remember one time in Toronto, I was doing activism and it was a place where it was, it was, it was extremely busy corner. I think it was close to a train station or something. Um, and this girl came to me and she just lost it. She was hysterical. She was, she couldn't speak English very well, but I could, she said I had an abortion and she was screaming at me and crying and and just so broken. She kept pointing to the sign. She's like, why are you here? Why are you putting this in my face? This is awful. And just, just, just kind of ranting and screaming and crying. And there was nothing I could do. I couldn't calm her down. I couldn't say anything. I could just say, I'm sorry. And she's, you're not sorry. You're not sorry. You're here. You're doing this. And, and those are the things that really cut because you feel like the problem then. And, and you know that it's not you. It's, it's the picture that's, triggering her trauma right it's the trauma that's hurting her that's why she's crying is because she had an abortion because this is bringing it up it's not me standing there but i'm the target in that instance and those are the really really hard things because the pain is so obvious um and i i didn't know what to do i think at, at that point i just put my sign aside and 
and kind of move to another place because I, I just couldn't get through to her. And then you other people looking at you and then you just feel horrible. So yeah, that's really, really hard. Um, and there's similar things like people who come and counter protest you who will not talk, who are, who are just, just there to be angry and just there to cover up your sign and call you horrible names. And it, doesn't hurt so much like the name calling doesn't hurt so much as knowing what their past is and knowing why they're hurting because I know that I'm not the one who's making them hurt it's abortion that hurts and 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 knowing that and not being able to get through to the person and help them in the way that you want to is really really difficult so yeah those are the hardest conversations I think where I I can't get through the person I'm I know I have to trust that I was there for a reason but I just can't get through to them in that moment. Yeah, th- those are difficult. And I th- I think, um, you know, this helps with the resolve to to be out there on the streets. Um, you you recognize that they're broken because of the abortion they have, not because you're showing them what abortion is, but because they're being, you know, they, they know what what they did to their child and um, are 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 hard, are hard to it. Not having the conversation going to oppose you. Um, you know, at every possible way as much as they can. And so that's the importance of getting out and having those conversations before people have to make that decision, before people uh, decide to go through with an abortion. We want to give them the information as to what abortion actually is. So Ellie, you are, you're married, you're expecting, which is absolutely wonderful news, and you're uh, involved with London Against Abortion. Now, the temptation I'm married. I have, uh, I've one child who's born and one who hopes to be born perhaps in a week from when I'm recording this. Um, the temptation is to be like, okay, we should, you know, settle down, not do this anti-abortion stuff, get a job, um, and be a little more stable. You know, we've made enough cultural waves as it were. Why, why do you feel the need to continue doing this? Why do you feel the need to be part of London against abortion? And what do you do with London against abortion? Uh, because abortion hasn't stopped yet. I mean, I'm still doing it for the same reason I started doing it. Um, 300 babies are still being killed every day in Canada. Um, and I still care about that. It's not like I feel like I've done my part. I think it's my obligation to stand up for them um, while they're being killed. Like, I I just, it's, it's that simple, really. Um My position with London Against Abortion, uh, I'm the president, actually, this year. Um, so I used to be involved more with the Western club, which did a lot of stuff with London against abortion. And this year I tried to kind of move out of the club and try and really focus on London against abortion itself, being more in the city, more in the public, so that we could be more of an independent presence. Um, so we do regular choice chains where we talk to people on the streets, um, also postcarding. So dropping off flyers at people's houses. Those are the main things that we do um, here. And then we also can train people who want to get involved. Um, yeah, it's it's not the same as the internship. I think in a way it's harder because I do have other things in my life. And it's hard to sometimes go back into, okay, we got to do the LAA stuff now. Um, yeah, so, I don't know. Sometimes it hits you harder too because you don't have the same community around you as you do with uh, the internship. But it's equally as important. And I mean, the fun times I had in the internship were the reason why I did the internship, even though it was really, really fun. Um, The reason why I do it is because babies are dying. Um, So, 
yeah, I send out emails every week. We recruit volunteers and we do activism as long as we can during a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as as much as you can with the restrictions that we keep uh, getting and, and trying to navigate our way through them. Ali, thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Thank you for being part of the internships. Thank you for standing up for the the vulnerable preborn children. I hope we get to work together officially with CCBR on another project in, at some point in the future, whether it be an internship or something else that we do. And thank you so much for taking the time to join us on Humans of the Pro-Life Movement. Yeah, thank you, Peter. All right, everyone. That is Ellie Barch, who works with London Against Abortion. She has been involved with projects uh, that we have done through CCBR, the Internships, the Abortion Awareness Project. If you want to learn more about those projects, you can find more information at endthekilling.ca. That's endthekilling.ca. Things are looking a little bit different this year because of the, the pandemic and the restrictions that we are facing. But we are still doing projects. We're still doing what we can to get out there to organize training events uh, so you can get trained and equipped to talk to others about abortion and activism. Uh, so you can go on the streets and talk to people about abortion, see people change their minds and see lives be saved. Thank you so much for tuning in once again. My name is Peter. You can find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, MeWe, Gab, wherever it is you do social media, you can find the Pro-Life Guys or you can find us on our website, which is prolifeguys.com. If you are uh, getting to know us through Humans of the Pro-Life Movement, we I want to encourage you to check out the Pro-Life Guys podcast. Every Tuesday we come out with longer episodes where we go more in depth on some of the issues surrounding abortion. So we have conversations with people about uh, abortion procedures. We talk about abortion apologetics. We talk about strategies that we can use to fight abortion and so much more. And, uh, and, and we're doing that because we want to equip you to be a better pro-life advocate, to have winsome and effective and mind-changing conversations. So go check out the Pro-Life Guys podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Humans of the Pro-Life Movement. Like I said, my name is Peter, the host of the show. God bless you all, and I hope you tune in again next week.